Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So a Pennsylvania school district, the Aliquippa Junior Senior High School, drugs are apparently not the problem. Excessive amounts of snacks are the issue. They've begun enforcing limits on snacks. Students will now only be allowed to bring chip bags of a certain size, among uh, other new snack rules. In a now-deleted Facebook post from Aliquippa School District, uh, due to excessive amounts of outside snacks, students' bags will be searched. Anything more than a single four-ounce bag of chips and a single drink of up to 20 ounces will be thrown out. (laughs) Students who pack lunch will not get an allowance for additional snacks and will also have their lunches opened and inspected. Oh, okay. So I guess they decided to enforce this snack regulation due to the gross amount of snacks being brought in by students. Shopping bags full of chips, bottled and canned drinks, candy, etc. So we're not having that any longer. This will not take place if a student packs a lunch. These same guidelines are to be followed and lunches will be searched as well. If the students go against these regulations and bring more than the outlined amounts to school, these illicit snacks will be thrown out by security or other school officials. Oh, okay. Um, I'm sure the students won't find ways to sneak the Skittles and the Doritos in. And what's the worst case that could happen? Oh, we're going to throw that out. Okay, I'm sure they won't find a secret little way to sneak their snacks in. I guess the kids were wheeling and dealing snacks on the side in the hallways. (laughs) Oh, hey. Yeah, hey. I got an extra bag of Doritos here. I'll sell them to you for a buck. Okay. Yeah, I got a can of soda here, too. I mean, what are they? It's like prison. Uh, all right, whatever. Uh, plus, uh, just as a side note, uh, the district is hosting a wellness festival this weekend. So there's going to be food and garden demonstrations, physical activities, educational speakers, and a fun fest for all ages, including cardio stations, lawn games, agility challenges, raffle prizes, along with my favorite, and more. So I guess maybe they're just trying to, you know, they're sick of the fatties. This is fat shaming at its finest, fat shaming in schools. Hey, you're bringing in way too many snacks, okay? No, will that will not be. You will gonna trim up and get in shape, and that's just the way it is. And if I catch you with anything more than a bag of chips and a drink, and that's a four ounce bag of chips, by the way, and a single drink, no more than twenty ounces. If I catch you with more than that, I'm throwing it out. So don't you be don't you be doing it. I guess maybe they'll come up with some sort of excessive snack jail to throw the kids into that we'll see we'll see what happens when the first kid gets thrown into snack jail so this bag of cheese it white cheddars 1.5 ounce okay so i'm good yeah all right you're not throwing me in snack jail 
Aliquippa. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. So more than 20 years later, two of Charles Darwin's notebooks that were reported stolen from Cambridge University's library have been returned. I mean, they've been missing for 20 years. So the university said that the manuscripts were left in the library inside a pinked gift bag, along with a note wishing the librarian Happy Easter. (laughs) So now they were reported stolen in 2020, but they went missing in 2001. So they went missing after they were removed to be photographed, though at the time the staff believed they may have been misplaced. So after searches of the library's collection of 10 million books, maps, and manuscripts, they they didn't find them. So it it took them until 2020 to search all of that? I mean, we could have picked up the pace a little bit on the search. But so now, since it wasn't misplaced, or at least they believed that it wasn't misplaced after 19 years, you know what? We're going to report them stolen. And so local detectives notified the global police organization Interpol and launched an international hunt. Now, the notebooks are valued. I mean, they're worth millions. So, I mean, you want them, you want them back. And, I mean, these notebooks are part of Darwin's world, right? I mean, they're his, they have his tree of life sketches and all his notes that he took uh, when he was on his trip that uh, ended up being his theory on evolution, you know, on the origin of species. He went on a worldwide tour and these are his notes. So, I mean, they're kind of important, and I agree with that. However, um, after they started their international hunt, well, on March 9th, the books reappeared, left in a public area of the building outside the librarian's office, which, by the way, is not covered by security cameras. Uh Uh-huh. The two notebooks were wrapped in cling film inside their archive box and appeared undamaged. The accompanying note, Librarian Happy Easter X. (laughs) So they're back. And I want to say I didn't have anything to do with it. I would not have returned them. But maybe after you went through them for 20 years and you took some pictures and you memorize the notes and now it's you know all right well they can have them back no problem especially after you know the first 19 years you figured you were safe and then 20 and the and in 2020 they launched the international hunt yeah you started to get worried that you were going to get uh, you were going to get caught with the notebooks so you went ahead and returned them oh i was going to mention that i personally i think i'm going to start identifying as uh transgender or non-binary because if this is going to start happening around america i want in on the money Uh, palm springs california has now said that transgender residents uh, i'm sorry uh, transgender and non-binary residents regardless of their earning level 
is going to get a universal basic income of up to $900 per month solely for identifying as transgender or non-binary. No strings attached. I Did I mention that I, too, am transgender and non-binary? Uh, if I'm going to get an extra 900 bucks a month, you bet. I'm in. For nothing? Yes, I'm in. The new pilot program will have a couple hundred thousand set aside for allocation after a unanimous vote by the Palm Springs City Council. Yeah, because nobody wants to be no on that bandwagon. But a couple hundred thousand, that's not going to go over. That's not going to last a long time. So uh, the former San Diego City Councilman Carl DeMeo, a Republican who served as the first openly gay member of the city council called the program outrageous and discriminatory what uh no thank you uh we want this to happen everywhere i want uh, universal basic income for all that uh, for sure (laughs) so a six-month design period will be the precursor of the program's implementation in which the group of uh, group um, mayors for the guaranteed income will be involved providing guidance. Wait, I thought there were no strings attached. Huh. So the DAP Health CEO, David Brinkman, claimed that the transgender population is one of the most marginalized populations in our city who face some of the highest levels of housing insecurity, joblessness, and discrimination really really i would like to see actual proof of that um but you know show me the proof i'm happy to go queerworks ceo jacob rostakowski also claimed in a press release that transgender and non-binary people and they and this is the this is the line are highly marginalized in our society in general especially economically Oh, okay. And told the Desert Sun that the city of Palm Springs would have to match any state funds. Oh, interesting. Our products, our project's budget is estimated at $1.8 million. And so when we look at what other programs that have been successfully funded have done, their local cities have provided nearly a match to that funding. Oh, so I can even get more money. Yes. All I got to do is I'm trans. I'm in. I am in. All right, walk with me to the break room because I wanted to talk to you a little bit. Uh, A lot of people (laughs) didn't even make resolutions this year. And you know what? Uh, You know, I understand it. Uh, It doesn't matter uh, to everyone that uh, resolutions are made, but that doesn't mean you shouldn't still find a way to kind of shake things up a little bit, whether it's by switching up your workout routine or going someplace new Whatever way you challenge yourself in the new year here in 2022, and we're in April already. This is the first part of April, and you better start shaking some things up to make this year count. But there's no better way to do it than with a pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears. Raycon wireless earbuds are the best way to bring audio with you because no matter how much you shake things up, literally, no matter how much you shake, you know they're not going to fall out of your ears. Their everyday earbuds look and feel and sound better than ever. There's also awareness mode for when you need to listen to your surroundings so you can take your Raycons with you wherever you go. You have the optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit. And these earbuds are so comfortable and they're not going to budge. They're, trust me, they're not going to budge. I, 
I love my Raycon work earbuds. Um, I put them in, and to be honest, I don't really use the optimized awareness mode. Yeah, I don't use that because I don't want to. I have my Raycons in. I don't want to hear what uh, everyone has to say around me. That's why I have my Raycons in. Raycons offer eight hours of playtime and a 32-hour battery life, and they're priced just right. You get the quality audio at half the price of the other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's Everyday Earbuds have over 48,000 five-star reviews. Right now, listeners to Chewing the Fat are going to get 15% off their Raycon order at buyraycon.com slash jeffy. That's buyraycon, B-U-Y, raycon.com slash jeffy. Save 15% on Raycons. Buy Raycon.com slash Jeffy. All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. We're, all, we're here. We're at the break room already. You see where Tiger is coming back. I am just amazed that tiger woods is going to be back and i don't know why i mean just i'm kind of excited about it he brings an excitement to the game i mean the crowds that he was drawing at in augusta was amazing and those were just practice rounds now he says he's good he says that he feels like he's going to play uh, i watched an interview with him uh yesterday and he was uh you know excited and said that he was he felt good you know obviously he was you know the problem is uh walking the course <laughs> a little bit of an issue he said and when asked he said look i don't show up to an event unless i think i can win uh duh no kidding uh he's it's been 25 years since he won his first masters 25 years wow and so now it's more than a year since he suffered the you know devastating leg injuries in that car accident i mean he almost lost a leg they they considered amputation at least that's what the story said and so he had compound fractures and they they said originally um he'll be lucky to walk uh, let alone play golf again did they realize they were talking about tiger freaking woods the goat (laughs) i'm sorry the goat of golf uh tiger my man is back i mean even if he doesn't win, holy cow. And I mean, if he wins, oh my gosh, would that be awesome if Tiger won? And I mean, I, I think we're all, if you're a, a fan of golf, even just a little bit, and a fan of Tiger, um, you know, you gotta, you gotta hope that my man, you know, wins. It would be awesome to see him coming down 18. <laughs> or 36 or 154 whatever hole he's on and to win the masters on sunday oh if they talk about ratings the numbers would be through the freaking roof and nobody cares about rachel yucatel who you know is the girlfriend the nightclub hostess that you know nobody cares about the waitress the cocktail waitress or the porn stars <laughs> nobody cares about the daughter of the neighbor down the street <laughs> nobody cares about that tiger's back he's got the new girlfriend he's got the kid charlie's gonna be a superstar he's already gonna have the power of dad behind him it's gonna be awesome 
Uh, it's going to be out. And I'm sure all of this is being filmed for, you know, Tiger's website and his world. It'll be it'll be amazing. Anyway, I just can't I can't get it out of my head. I'm I'm excited. I want him. I want him to win. And rumor has it that uh, my man Vern Lundquist is going to be back announcing. Uh, you know, he, Vern is like 81, so he doesn't do a lot of work these days. But uh, he does still do a little bit of the Masters, and uh, he's going to be on the up in the 16th Tower. That's what I'm told. I don't know if that's true. I just know that's what I was told that uh, Vern Lundquist would be up in the 16th Tower. So, man, tell me you don't. You don't want that to happen and be excited about. That's what I thought. You can't. All right, one more thing about sports. All right. Major League Baseball, opening day tomorrow, if you care. I I, I barely care. But what makes it fascinating to be now is that we're going to change up the old seventh inning stretch. (laughs) Take me out to the ball game. Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jills. Wait, what? Yeah, uh, Cracker Jills, not Cracker Jacks. I mean, Cracker Jacks are so old school and <laughs> racist and white. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. So PepsiCo and Frito-Lay announced, uh, maybe Frito-Lay is under PepsiCo, probably, um, announced that Cracker Jills will be a permanent member of its snack roster as a way to celebrate women who break down barriers in sports. The snack will be available in pro ballparks and via a $5 donation to the Women's Sports Foundation. In addition, PepsiCo will donate $200,000 to the foundation. Oh, that's so nice of them. The reimagined classic uses the same recipe as the 125-year-old classic Cracker Jack, but features five different representations of women on a special edition bag. So really, it's just, they're putting, it's the same stuff. So it's still Cracker Jacks, or you can't call them that anymore. Still Cracker Snack, but uh, they're just wrapping it, the, the package uh, with uh, five Jills that were brought to, and they're special edition bags, by the way, and they were brought to life by artists and model Monica Anohono. And she, I love Monica Anohono works. Great. They were inspired by the most represented ethnicity. Amorphophallus. What can I say that word? They were inspired by the most represented ethnicities in the U.S. according to data from the U.S. Census Bureau. Frito-Lay has worked with artist Normani, who, another, I mean, uh, to reimagine the iconic song, Take Me Out to the Ball Game, to include Cracker Jill. So I don't know. I haven't heard the new new version, the new reimagined version, so it might, you know, buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jackson Jill's. I don't care if I ever come back. So it's root, root, root for the home team. I mean, it's possible. I, I, I have to put in. I mean, do you have to get rid of Cracker Jacks altogether? Probably. Cracker Jacks is uh, that's too, it's too racist. It's, it means white. So just get rid of it. So you don't even have to reimagine the song. All you have to do is reimagine saying, "Buy me some peanuts and Cracker Jills." 
It's not that tough. Who died today? I know somebody big. Bobby Rydell, the singer and Philadelphia native known for Wildwood Days, dies at, I mean, he was 79 years old. He's, this guy was a teen idol, man. Uh, he was on American Bandstand, which, uh, you know, uh, what's his face? Clark broadcasted out of philadelphia this guy actually grew up in south philly with my father-in-law my father-in-law knows all these dingleberries from south philly and uh, apparently he died of complications from pneumonia at uh, abington jefferson hospital and so you know he was very he was a big heartthrob he was the guy i mean james darren fabian frankie avalon and rydell man um i guess he was supposed he probably should have died back in 2012 uh you know nine or ten years ago because he had a kidney a kidney and liver transplant so that gave him another 10 years uh, good for him in that between 59 and 64 1959 and 1964 he had nearly three dozen top 40 singles including wild one volari wildwood days the cha-cha-cha forget him i mean the guy was a superstar man and he had reoccurring roles on uh, red skelton show uh bye bye birdie was rewritten to give him a major part as uh, the boyfriend of ad and margaret i mean the guy was a showman he was part of the the you know those days that went away fast right i mean his big days were five years 59 to 64 he's the superstar and then he's you know doing fairs because the beatles are you know on top of the world just amazing i mean it's it's bobby rydell though man this guy was a monster and i'm sure that you know i'm sure you remember that's enough of Rydell but you get the point what a great you know superstar he was and is still today Bobby Rydell rest in peace <laughs> peace peace amorphophallus yeah rest in amorphophallus yeah no peace dead at 79 years of age I don't know if this is good news or not. Uh, JetBlue made an offer to buy Spirit Airlines for $3.6 billion. Wow. Sending the Spirit shares up more than 22%. Now, I, I guess I could start a bidding war with Frontier, who already agreed to merge with Spirit a couple of months ago. So Spirit is like, uh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll evaluate JetBlue's proposal, will ya? Will ya, Spirit? Because uh, your airline isn't really that good. Uh, you can quote me on that. Your airline really isn't that good. So for 
billion dollars. Will you just evaluate the proposal from JetBlue? I mean, as Frontier, who said they were going to merge, are they going to come back with a $4 billion offer for Spirit? Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, is Spirit worth that much? Spirit Airlines is worth $3.6 billion. Wow. We are... (laughs) We are in a different world. And we are also involved in space wars. Space wars. So we know that, I mean... Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, and mostly Bezos, has been wound up at all the press that Elon gets for SpaceX, and he really thinks that he should have the, you know, the the space news. But uh, we're trying to find out uh, who's going to be the internet king now, because Amazon just announced a massive multi-billion-dollar investment in satellite internet service. Huh? Is that what Elon is doing? Isn't that what he's doing? I mean, I thought Elon had the Starlink program. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, um, 83 launches in the next five years uh, It's to have its proposed fleet of more than 3,000 satellites into orbit. If completed, the satellite constellation would provide broadband internet service for consumers, businesses, and government agencies. Wow. Deals with three separate rocket companies have been inked for the launches. Huh. I wonder if he inked a deal with SpaceX. Oh, he inked a deal with United Launch Alliance, which is a joint venture between Boeing and Lockheed Martin. They're going to send 38. Uh, Arian Space, which has recently launched the James Webb Telescope, is going to do 18 of them. And Blue Origin... Uh, is going to conduct at least 12 of those. Huh. But he didn't ink a deal with SpaceX to take up some of the Project Kuiper. I guess it's Kuiper. Man, there's a lot of... Amorphophallus. Yeah, that project. K-U-I-P-E-R. Will be competing directly with Starlink in the broadband market. I mean, hopefully that'll bring the prices down, right? Competition will bring the prices down because you know Elon is going to want to be number one on that. And maybe maybe the new deal with uh, Twitter is like, hey, you want Twitter... Uh, if you uh, are subscribe, you if you have a Twitter account, you get Starlink for free. <laughs> what do you think, Elon? Make that happen. So Bezos, uh, you know, Bezos. Here's the deal. I uh, here's an idea for you. Uh, if I'm a subscriber of Prime, I also get your your broadband market for free as long as I'm a subscriber to Prime. I like it. I like it. So I know that uh, you know. Elon and Jeff are, uh, you know, battling each other. Because remember last year, NASA awarded the $2.9 billion contract to SpaceX. And Blue Origin uh, sued over that because they wanted that. And uh, they lost that. In response to the challenge, Musk tweeted, can't get it up, LOL. (laughs) That is not funny at all. And it certainly wasn't funny to Jeff Bezos, I'll tell you that. And Bezos has also criticized the idea of living on Mars, which is, I mean, that's Elon's deal, man. Uh, That's his vision. Saying living on Mount Everest would be a paradise in comparison. 
Uh, Amazon and Blue Origin will have some catching up to do, though. Starlink, that's right. Uh, Starlink has already launched about 1,900 of those satellites. <laughs> and already has uh, 250,000 subscribers. Oh, I got to. How come I'm not a subscriber to the Starlink program? Elon, call me. Yeah, he's probably busy. Oh, well. Uh, I'll reach out. I see also Russia said that they're going to end uh, the cooperation on International Space Station. So since we're into space wars, we'll talk about uh, Russia ending their cooperation. And does that uh, really do anything? I don't know. Uh, Russia said it's going to end its cooperation with the ISS and uh, cease working with NASA and the European Space Agency due to the sanctions. Um, okay, uh, he said uh, he slammed the sanctions, said they were designed to kill the Russian economy. Yeah, they most certainly were. I don't necessarily agree with them, but that's what they were designed to do. The ISS is not owned by a single nation, but is instead operated through a cooperative program involving the U.S., Europe, Russia, Canada, and Japan. It's the largest man-made structure ever put into space, although China is busy building their own uh, space station up there now. So just saying. So I guess uh, sanctions from the U.S., Canada, the European Union, Japan, they are hurting Russia as far as this goes, or at least they're made them mad, right? So restoration of normal relations between partners in the International Space Station and other joint projects are possible possible if we complete this unconditional lifting of illegal sanctions oh okay but i would say that uh if there's an issue with the space station um elon could take care of it jeff bezos can't his rockets are not going up to the space station elon's rockets have gone to the space station and can go to the space station so no problem we got Elon to take us up there and empty the trash and pick up the Russian and say, you ready to go? Uh, your country doesn't want you up here anymore. Hop on. Let's go. All right. Get out of here and bring him back. Or maybe the, you know, the Russians just say, you know, we don't care what happens to you. <laughs> so the European astronaut, they can't just push him out. That would just be wrong. So Elon's going to go ahead and have to save him. I love the story about uh, the lady who she posted on TikTok that uh, she was pissed that her husband, Matt, wasn't getting back to her. He had gone with the boys to a rugby match a couple hours away. And uh, she talked to him that night uh, about midnight on the phone. And they were had a nice conversation, whatever. And then she woke up and said, good morning. I love you. Hope you had a good time. Can't wait to see you tonight. And she didn't get a reply, which she thought was weird. And she was pissed. And she just, I figured he was hungover. He's not replying. But then I was still a few hours with no response. It was strange. And they should probably be on their way home by now because I knew they were checking out at 10. And uh, I could see that his friends were still on the city, still in the city on Snapchat. So she knew where, you know, Snapchat has the availability to know where you're at if you okay that uh, function. And uh, she was like, what the heck? Why isn't he getting back to me? Uh, yeah, then uh, 
then i thought well maybe he went uh, you know he was missing i'm not sure what happened and then uh he got a text from hubby's brother the brother-in-law saying hey come over to the house right now and she said i flew out the door you expect the worst but you don't want to believe anything that happened and uh yeah the police were there and uh, he died he died i mean that should be who died today matt husband of bonnie <laughs> so he died in some freak accident which is what the you know is what they say however when you you know you read the story the freak accident holy cow so they were uh out partying and he had to go to the bathroom had to had to take a pee and so he went off this edge and it was this huge drop off and he was he was looking at his phone and probably you know a little drunk and misjudged where the step was right off the edge and they said his phone was found face up still playing so we think he just misjudged it and went off the end and fell (laughs) i was not funny at all but that's how fragile life is you know one minute you're texting the wife saying hey love you and the next minute you're stepping off a cliff. <laughs> uh, she was. She did the the bit. I I can laugh with her. She's talking about dark humor because she posted about being pissed that he didn't call, and then it was, you know, sad that he, the reason he didn't call was because um, he was dead. So that's a bit of a problem. <laughs> and I see. Speaking of dead and murder i see where a 71 year old romance novelist uh, nancy crampton brophy uh she's written nearly a dozen books uh, but uh, one blog post that she wrote back in 2011 titled how to murder your husband so now apparently they're going they're pulling that out of the hat because uh, 10 years later uh, she's on trial for murdering her husband. Oh, okay. So hubby, Chef Daniel Brophy, found dead inside the Oregon Culinary Institute back in 2018. So seven years after she wrote uh, How to Murder Your Husband. Uh, students arrived for their classes, and so uh, he was gunned down at the Culinary Institute. Wow, shot to death. The students walk in, and he was gun- he had been gunned down. So uh, she has been held without bond since 2018. What is happening? How can we hold people without bond for four years before they go to trial? I know it's a murder trial, but and I know that she wrote a blog post on how to murder your husband. It doesn't say here if it talks about gunning your husband down in the Culinary Institute. But, uh, you know, I guess that, uh, you know, the, they're saying at the beginning of the trial, the judge ruled that the blog post would not be used as evidence since it was written years ago. Uh, okay, good. That's good. Then, you know, I guess they're trying to paint this picture of cash strapped couple with big life insurance ticket because, uh, she was the beneficiary of $1.4 million 
and she asked law enforcement for a letter to send a life insurance company. What's wrong with that? That's what you do. So I guess they have her internet searches for ghost guns and her multiple gun purchases. And so they believe that this could have been the start of her alleged plans when she wrote about how to murder your husband. Really strange. I hope they have more evidence like one of the guns that was that she owned was used to murder her husband. She They claim here that she entered not guilty and she plans to take the stand in her own defense i hope they have more i've got to follow more of this trial now in oregon because i want to know what evidence they actually have other than and they can't even use the blog post on how to murder your husband i'm gonna have to find this blog post too i want to know how she how she thinks about what you should do to murder your husband but really strange that she's been held without bond I'm sure she's not the only one. And this isn't even a January 6th rioter, insurrectionist. This is someone that just allegedly killed their husband. (laughs) We definitely have to follow this story on Chewing the Fat. Nancy Crampton Brophy got to, uh, uh, we will be covering this trial. The murder of the chef in the Oregon Culinary Institute gunned down. So this isn't a murder case, uh, this next story, but it is a possible murder case. Uh, This lady found out that her gynecologist was her secret dad, and he knew it. (laughs) I'm not laughing. That's a terrible, horrible, horrible, okay? So Morgan Helquist uh, screamed and sobbed and nearly crashed her car after learning her gynecologist who once fitted her for an IUD and had given her breast and pelvic examinations for years was actually her biological father. And he knew it. He knew it the whole time. He knew it the whole time we was. And I didn't. So she uh, she's a little upset. She's suing uh, Dr. Boris Wartman, uh, the uh, upstate uh, New York uh, OBGYN out of Rochester, New York, uh, for regularly acting as her physician while allegedly knowing he was her father. I didn't know that that was illegal, by the way. If I'm if I if I'm a doctor, uh, you can't treat your own daughter. So, I don't know. Her lawsuit is uh, was filed back in September for unspecified damages and charges uh, Wartman with medical malpractice, lack of informed consent, battery, fraud, negligence, and infliction of emotional distress. Oof. I don't know. Uh, she said he committed a gross, wanton, and willful fraud against her, uh, so outrageous in character as to violate all bounds of decency and which involves high moral culpability. It rises to the level of wanton dishonesty and shocks the conscience. Oh, okay. Uh, how did he become your father uh, and you didn't know it? Well... Uh, now her mom feels like it's all her fault. <laughs> Did her mom have an affair with Doc Wartman? No. No, 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 no. Uh, her folks 
used a uh, used Wartman to get a student anonymous sperm from the University of Rochester's medical center. They paid Wartman fifty dollars three times per month. They could pay him one hundred fifty a month in exchange for anonymous University of Rochester medical center students sperm. Her dad, this lady's uh, who had the baby. Uh, sought Wortman's fertility help in the mid-80s shortly after a drunk driver smashed into her dad's motorcycle, rendering him a paraplegic at age 20. And Wortman just, uh, you know, used his sperm. Oh, okay. So... After welcoming her own two children, she left her own gynecologist and became Wartman's patient for the next decade. Okay. So um, now there, it was the mom is, says it's her fault. Well, sue her then. I mean, okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess you should be mad, uh, you know, that he didn't say, you know, I'm your dad. Your mom needed help because dad couldn't get her pregnant and uh, it's my sperm that's uh that's your dad it doesn't say how they found out though because it's supposed to be anonymous okay so after dad died in 2016 the girl helquist took an ancestry dna test and discovered that she was part jewish and uh wartman who is a hundred percent ashkenazi jewish per her suit Ashkenazi descendants, according to legal paperwork, carry a higher risk of certain medical conditions, such as cancer. Also, huh, his mother and his brother of this Dr. Wartman were been treated for mental illness. Also, she found out that she has a half-brother. <laughs> so the doc has been, you know, anonymously donating uh, around at least a couple of times i don't know how you get a lawsuit out of that i really don't it was supposed to be anonymous your mom just took it so i don't know but you know good luck god bless maybe the doc will pay her some money and be done with it but i can understand how frustrated she is with that and it is a little weird that he would I mean, he's just keeping an eye on his daughter right that's that's nice of him Right? Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.